This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Got that avian flu. Avian virus, and that's Joe's fault. That's my take on it. Welcome into the show. Feel good. Because <laughs> he's such a turkey or what? <laughs> ah, points. Uh, Hannah will be one of our winners of the week, 835. <laughs> Here all week, folks. If you uh, get your text in to us. Eight, tip your server. Tip your server. I used to tell a, uh, oh, I wonder if I could tell this joke. I could probably pull it up. It's on YouTube. Oh, it was the one I would tell about when I was doing stand-up comedy, which I wasn't very good at, by the way. Um, but I would tell a joke about tipping your waitress as well and about why you should tip them well. Can I tell this joke? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do if this. you have to ask. I wouldn't, Family show. I wouldn't huh. do it anymore. Um, Brian, can you talk for a minute, and I'll ask uh, Steph and Hannah if it's okay to tell this joke. Can you? You got something you can talk about for a minute? Yeah, I can. Okay. I can mention something as you uh, figure that out. <laughs> I definitely want to encourage everyone to listen tomorrow morning to um, at least here on ninety three nine The Eagle, and uh, we'll get the audio to John too. But uh, Doctor Choi, President Choi, is going to cover a lot of territory tomorrow about the MU Athletic oh, Department on. and their budget. And they're also going to talk about the nuclear reactor. That's There's going to be some definitely new information on that. I don't think it's that bad. Did, Sorry. Did, thank you, Brian. Did I cover okay? I guess so, because <laughs> the, the needles are still moving. John, what do you think, Steph? I mean, I don't Go find it, it offensive. I don't also don't find it very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that could sum up all of Brandon's stand-up work. Which is why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> uh, last... Good sense to move on from it. Okay. Uh, we'll move on from this. Welcome to the show. There's Mr. Brian Houseworth. Good to see you, sir. John Marsh is here. Yes, sir. That's producer Hannah. Hello. I'm Stephanie Bell's here. Good morning. My name is Brandon Rather. Um, by the way, I want to get, we're going to talk about some things that are happening in our state legislature. Um, and I want to give some kudos to the Jefferson City News uh, Tribune because I see a lot of local headlines and I get frustrated when they talk about some of the things that are happening in the Missouri le uh, legislature. Anti-transgender. There is, there is. No, okay, there is absolutely positively, there is no legislation in Jefferson City that's been happening this week that is anti-transgender. There is none, none at all. There are, there's legislation to protect fairness in sports and things like that. And I get frustrated with these news outlets uh, in mid-Missouri. And that's why I want to give some kudos to the Jefferson City News Tribune. Uh, one of their headlines, Missouri panel debates transgender sports and drag shows. That's, it's not anti-transgender, so kudos to the Jefferson City News Tribune. The, and the News Tribune does a good job covering the Capitol. Now, there are certainly a number of Democratic lawmakers who have said they it is anti-transgender. There was a really powerful um, tweet that I haven't seen picked up or reported by uh, the media yet, but it came, uh, Brandon, from the Democratic whip. Her name is Representative Ashley Awney. She's from Kansas City. And she slammed Secretary Ashcroft on Twitter. And this is what she said on Twitter. Quote, weird, period. I guess the Secretary of State's platform is so small he needs to testify in Missouri House committee hearings to have his bigoted opinions on trans kids heard loud and clear. Whoa. End of quote. That is a powerful quote. That is that is a newsworthy quote. And I'm surprised our uh, reporters hadn't picked that up. It grabbed my attention. Certainly any lawmaker saying that is news, but certainly is the Democratic whip. Now, she's not on the committee, but she is an ex officio member, so she was able to uh, ask questions. But 
she's kind of one of the um, uh, rising stars in the Democratic Party, young lawmaker from Kansas City. And Ashcroft uh, and Ashcroft got into it with a couple of lawmakers during that. Uh, it was kind of heated the other night. Went to one thirty in the morning. Yeah, uh, it's just really disgusting what uh, what these news out. It's anti-trans. No, it's not. How did you see the text from Gordon at eight seven four? 9390-874-9390. Anything we can do, you can always <laughs> use that number. 573-874-9390. Gordon says, how does a dad keep track of all of his jokes? How? He keeps them in his database. <laughs> That's I good. like it. Yeah, very good. Uh, very and nice. saves all the popsicle sticks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, the other thing that's been happening, this is kind of interesting because it's kind of an update to some stuff that happened in a previous legislative session. And that was state employee pay raises, and it came up during the governor's state of the state speech last uh, last week. Uh, two weeks ago? Uh, oh, would have been week? the 18th. Uh, yeah, so a week, week yeah, ago. was on the Wednesday, right? Uh, even more raises. And what was interesting about that was, and we want them by, we want them to show up in, in paychecks. Now, this is impactful. Like ASAP is what the governor said. Done Hell. by March 1st yeah. and on the check on March 31st. Uh, and and I get it to, uh, the, to, to the folks that are hardcore uh, fiscal hawks. Uh, I get it. But then there's also something called reality. And here's some reality. The reality is, guess who's the biggest employer in Cole County state uh guess who guess what happens to these state employees when you call and you're needing let's say the state of Missouri says hey you owe us income tax from 2013 to 2014 and you have to spend hours trying to fix that because you don't have the best employee in the Missouri Department of Revenue helping you out there that's where you want good employees uh, so kind of an update to what has been going on since the first raise. Yeah, the budget director uh, was in testifying, talking about the pay raises, and he said that the pay raises last year is easing turnover. Um, and I was shocked by the turnover rate in the state. Um, he said it, the turnover rate had been 30% before the pay hike um, and that it had eased to 27%. But even 27 seems kind of high. I was Googling around and said, you That's know, what's huge. the average turnover rate? I mean, like think about 30% of people on on wake up mid-missouri i mean that's a lot uh and so google is telling me that the average turnover is 18 percent. but not only is it a lot it's expensive as the employer to have to recruit and then you know retrain these folks so you know the 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 headline is oh the the, the turnover rate is getting better but even 30 to 27 i'm thinking yikes that's still pretty high and and you wouldn't be surprised at which departments are struggling the most. One you previously named, DOR, has a pretty high rate. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, they're in the 30s. Um, but the lowest turnover, uh, there were some that were as low as 11%. Department of Higher Ed was the highest at 37%. Well, Mental health always has challenges, too. And to Stephanie's point, 18% sounds about right. 30% is the highest I've ever heard of, certainly uh, around and Brandon went yesterday to the Callaway Chamber of Commerce, and this directly ties in Hogg's testimony, and he, he mentions this every year. It's very important for our listeners in Callaway County and elsewhere. He talks about this Dollar General starts their people at that distribution center at $21 an hour. They are paying higher than people get paid at the prison and the people get paid at the mental hospital. And uh, and he's saying we have to uh, to keep track of that. And the, the reality is the governor himself said, he said this on the record, the governor said that his grandson that worked at a convenience store in South Missouri, I believe a teenager, was making more than frontline employees for the state of Missouri last year. And he wasn't, be, 
I think at McDonald's uh, he was working at, forgive me, that, that convenience store. Regardless, his point was that these workers are struggling and really 8.7%, that's, that's really going to cover your inflation right now. That's right. And because of Joe Biden, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, Oscar nominations come out this week, something we typically don't pay attention to, but I did want to highlight a thing or two about the Oscars. We wanted to highlight uh, a local kid. He uh, is a product of the Columbia Public School District. I I like it when there's good things. Uh, But a Hickman alumni, it's nine, uh, he produced this film, nine nominations for the 95th Academy Awards. Uh, he was part of uh, the movie All Quiet on the Western Front. So we want to congratulate him. But it got me to thinking because we've heard some syrupy stuff this week from some of the Democrats on a national level. And it's it's some of these. They're, they're worthy of Oscar performances. Eric Swalwell uh, and saying that McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, he is going to regret taking us off of committees. That's typically how it works. You get a new Speaker of the House, the Speaker of the House, especially when it's from an opposing political party, you come in and you clean house. You put the people in those committees that you want in there. I am astounded at the amount of tears shed by Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff so moved to tears like he's running for Senate now because he's so upset. So who would get the best actor award here if we were nominating these guys for an Oscar? This is Eric Swalwell. I've watched the Speaker has so gravely, so gravely smashed and destroyed. Our democracy, which the speaker has so gravely, gravely smashed. Gotta have some dramatic pauses. Right. Gotta repeat some words. What a great acting job. So, that's uh, nominee number one. Nominee number two, uh, Adam Schiff. We knew it would be bad when the Republicans took over, but it's far worse than we expected. But I can promise you this. This is not the end of my fight for our democracy. We knew it was bad, but we didn't know it was going to be this bad. What's been so bad in the, what, two and a half weeks that they've been in leadership there? What has happened to the United States of America in the past two weeks that Adam Schiff is like, we know it's going to be bad? According to Joe's Twitter, <laughs> it's all good, right, Hannah? These people don't yeah. make no sense. Or... Do you give it to Mara Gay, MSNBC. She's on MSNBC. They were talking about reinstating Trump back on the Facebook. Can't wait, by the way. Here's Mara Gay's take on that. You don't want to, uh, whether you're a company or an institution, you don't want to hand over the keys um, to democracy. <laughs> if you put Trump back on Facebook, you're going to crush the democracy. Who wins the award? Uh, that young lady there, Mara Gay, if you put Trump back on Facebook, it's the end of democracy. Is it Adam Schiff? Because two and a half weeks into Republican leadership in the House, uh, the United States of America is falling off the planet. Or Eric Swalwell and his performance. Uh, You're not going to put George Santos in the mix? Uh, I don't have anything real. Dr- I've got some truth from him, and it's not really dramatic. <laughs> But if he's telling the truth, is that him acting? Because his, his, yeah, there you go. his what normal stick is not the truth. Uh, I've got it narrowed down to Swalwell. Has so gravely, so gravely smashed and destroyed. So gravely. That's it for me. That's it for you? That's the name on the in the envelope. Uh, and then I've got, 
I've got it down to these two. So to Swalwell and Mara Gay from MSNBC. You don't want to, uh, whether you're a company or an institution, you don't want to hand over the keys um, to democracy. Marsh, who are you taking, Mara Gay or Eric Swalwell? I like Mara. Uh, I could flip a coin, uh, but I think I'm going to take uh, Eric Swalwell only because of his acting chops there. Mara Gay, what she said was probably more astounding than what Eric Swalwell said, but for her acting performance, it just wasn't enough for me. And that's who the Oscar goes to here on a Feel Good Friday coming up. We're going to be doing What's Hot With. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Good morning, 725-ish, which means it's... It's 726. Time for What's Hot With Hannah. It's been a little bit since I shared a story of a dumb criminal, and this one doesn't even come from Florida. I feel like that's good. Good for Florida. Um, And Brandon, this actually reminds me of you just a little bit. Not the dumb part. But the criminal part? No, no, no. This criminal fell asleep in a really bad location, and you have done that before. <laughs> yeah, I sure have. So we're going to San Diego, where a suspected car thief was arrested, actually in the parking lot of the San Diego Police Traffic Division, and he was sleeping inside the car that he was accused of stealing. So you steal a car, you drive it straight to the police station, and then you take a little nap. Is that to make matters worse, he was parked in the handicap spot. (laughs) I hope they wrote him a ticket for that. Well, he was arrested. um, And this will come as a shock to few. They found drug paraphernalia (laughs) in the vehicle. Of course. So Uh. I guess... Today's lesson is if you steal a car, don't go park it at the police station. I don't know. And leave your drug stuff at home. <laughs> and yeah. don't fall asleep and don't park in the handicap spot. This guy, everywhere he could have gone wrong, he went wrong. It was a whole successive series of events. My dad likes to study plane disasters. And usually it's not one big I know, right? A little gruesome. Uh, and it's not just one big thing. Usually, most of these air disasters, it was a whole series. Well, this little thing happened, and then on top of that, that happened, and then this happened. It's kind of uh, fascinating. So, officers, they woke the guy up before they arrested him and said... Nice of them. Right? Said, hey, why are you parked in front of the police station? And the guy said he was tired, and it seemed like a safe place to sleep because there were police present. (laughs) Come on, man. Nice work, dude. Come on. By the way, for those of you that have never experienced the tap of a baton from a police officer (laughs) on your forehead or your window, (laughs) it is a unique experience. Todd texted us at 874-9390. He said, how about today's lesson is don't do drugs. They make you do dumb things. Yes. We used to, one of our phrases we had in uh, grade school was, uh, you know, if, if somebody offers, because uh, back in the day, they used to call weed, pot, marijuana, they used to call it dope. Today, dope, I think, typically refers to meth. Anyhow, back in the day, they would say, now, if somebody says, hey, you, you want to smoke some dope? They say, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Like if you're sexist or homophobic or if you don't believe in conspiracy theories. <laughs> theories. You just think the government's just batting a thousand and telling us the whole truth? 
government is placed in charge of all of its people. I'm a father who's been placed in charge of just one son. And I lie to that all the time. Is the federal are they batting a thousand? Do you really think they're batting a thousand? Uh, that is the comedy of Ron Funches there. I, there was a, an old, it wasn't a comedy bit, but it was George Carlin. And he was being interviewed. I can't remember what it was on, but it, this must have been back in the 90s. And he did really well in addressing conspiracy theories. Uh, because I was one of those when people talk about, well, you know, this is, it's the government. They're doing this and it's the whole and everybody. And I would uh, ask, uh, yeah, okay, so where are they holding the meetings? Every morning they're getting together and the government's conspiring with the news outlets. And I've, my thinking on that is, has evolved. But George Carlin did a great job of explaining this conspiracy, you, you know, of these people conspiring to do these things. And he nailed it when he said it's not that they're meeting and, and surmising, it's that mind. And he kept going to the mindset. I know it's a phrase I use a lot, but it is that mindset of those progressive people. And he just covered it so well. Well, and, you know, things that you couldn't say on the Internet two years ago that were labeled a conspiracy theory, yep. some have worn out to be true. And so I think a lot of folks who were not in the conspiracy theory camp before said, you know what, maybe there, maybe there is something there there, Joe. And speaking of conspiring, for example, I feel like we've talked about COVID more than we did when it was happening because you have prominent doctors saying, yeah, we oversold the number of deaths. A doctor on CNN, a Washington Post columnist, and her big distinction is not that people were dying uh, from COVID, but they had COVID. They died with COVID. And this doctor, Lena Wen, who was widely cited by a lot of news outlets, by the way, saying, yeah, we severely overcounted. And now this whole thing with uh, the we're going to treat the vaccine now just like the flu. Yep. Flu shot. Get it every year. I mean, and you guys always I mean, you I caught a lot of flack for being afraid of those robot dogs. But I mean, add that new chat GPT thing to the robot dogs that can jump and twerk and all of that and i mean i i go down some rabbit holes and start freaking myself out when we start talking about robots. terminator right uh does this become self-aware yeah that's some weird man gosh it's just weird stuff uh i want to go back to something i want to see if does anybody recognize this voice if you take it and then a year goes by and everybody's fine you recognize that voice, Steph? Not really. Huh? Hannah, could you tell who this is? If you take it and then a year goes by and everybody's fine. No. Mm -hmm. Marsh? Sound like Fauci. It was Fauci from 40 years ago, <laughs> maybe 30 years ago. And here's what he's talking. I want to play this one more time. If you take it and then a year goes by and everybody's fine. So he's referring to it. It, when he's referring to it, he is referring to a potential AIDS vaccine. His concern, well, what if you start giving it out and at first everybody's fine? Then you say, okay, that's good. Now let's give it to uh, 500 people. And then a year goes by and everything's fine. You say, well, then now let's give it to thousands of people. And then you find out that it takes 12 years for all hell to break loose. And then what have you done? That is weird, oh, too. Gosh. So here's Fauci. I am science Fauci. 
That's Fauci, and I the only I had a hard time finding the year on that. I'm surmising late eighties, early nineties, Marsh, best I could tell. But he sounds about right. Yeah. What is he eighty some? Something like that. He's uh, he's saying that was his concern about those vaccines back in the day when it came. Well, what if you say it's fine now, but we don't see the ill effects until years from now? Didn't we say this? That makes me feel honestly sick to my stomach and icky. And you know what I hate most about this? Is that it's a feel good Friday? <laughs> Not anymore. Bringing us down. <laughs> well, the other thing, and I would, the other thing, here's what's frustrating too. Uh, Kathy Hochul, she is the governor in New York. And they suspended, they said, listen, if you're in the healthcare field or nurses at the very least, if you, if you don't get vaccinated, you're out. And they've held to their word. Meanwhile, uh, they are in a health care crisis. The city of New York simply does not have enough people to care for their uh, for their ill for, for the uh, ill folks. And there's a reporter. She's asking. Her, she's like, OK, we've got people waiting in line. We've got people waiting for hours. There's a backup of patients. Are you willing now to bring those health care workers that you, in effect, you fired because they wouldn't do what you wanted them to do. Are you going to bring them back? Couldn't there be other safety precautions, masking, other other mechanisms in order to allow some of them back in? I mean, we're at crisis level here in our hospitals, I in particular nursing balance. homes. I, I truly understand the challenge and the balance, and these are never easy decisions. But I cannot put people into harm's way, because when you go into a health care facility, you expect that you're not going to come out sicker than you went in. That is idiotic. I'm not saying Kathy Hochul is an idiot. I'm saying her thinking is idiotic. We're not going to put these people in harm's way. They can't get into even harm's way because they can't get in to see you. And now that we're going to start doing the, the vax, has anybody been required? I know there's a lot of people here in mid-Missouri that were required to get a vaccine. Yes. They were required to get the, the COVID vaccine to keep their employment. I feel bad for people that did it because of what Fauci said years ago about, well, what if it's fine now, but then 12 years down the road? Um has anybody been fired for not getting a flu vaccine? I've never heard, never seen that. It's required in healthcare for many right. healthcare workers, but not to the extent that COVID, the COVID vaccine, I think, was required. I mean, I think you can. I think you can get fired if you don't get the flu vaccine if you work in a healthcare facility. Yeah, that's that's on the money. I mean, you know, that be some stated policy by a you know a hospital or a, a health organization say, hey, you don't get the flu shot, sorry. And potentially childcare facilities as well. I don't know that for a fact, but. You know. Well, that blows my whole point of view. Sorry. But no, but no. Just watching Brandon's face as his <laughs> argument falls well, apart in front of him. We're going to save you here. But. Well, no, I'm, I'm aware of that in the healthcare industry, but I just didn't think they were as hard about it. Like, it was easy. Here's, I guess, the point I was trying to make. It was easier to get an exemption. Like, on the yeah. flu, if you said, well, I'm a religious exemption or whatever exemption, on the flu, more often than not, they'd be, oh, okay. No big deal. But like with the COVID stuff, no exemptions, no nothing. And schools. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's I, I would agree with you there that the exemption process was much more lax before you could you could get away with it before. And and I mean, and we know people they're not they're not going to get the shot going forward. And that's what that's why they've converted it to the flu shot, because they said, what, 80 percent of people got the first shot and 17 or 18 percent have gotten booster number 42 i forget what number we're on but um but i think i think it's going to go down and i and i think there's only one person to blame for that 
or one entity to blame for that, and that's the government. It's the misinformation mm -hmm. because I think we've lost trust. And, and, you know, I think ultimately for me it's, you know, what if in the future, and, and I'm not going to say that it, it will happen, but what if there is something in the future that really is good for people and the government is telling the truth? Yeah. Um, and they try to tell people, hey, this is good for you. People are going to be so skeptical that I fear that they will act against their own best interest because of all of the damage that's been done over the last two years. Off the text, 874-9390. Fauci, should we play these, uh, some of this audio from, uh, from Fauci? Uh, that is really alarming that Mr. Science would say that all these years ago, uh, okay, what if you start giving out this vaccine and it's fine now, but then 12 years down the road, there's problems. That is stunning. Coming from I am science Fauci. Shelly says he probably didn't have any financial gain access to that AIDS vaccine back then. Wow. Shelly, we're giving you some, uh, some points uh, on that. Uh, 874-9390. 874-9390. Les, welcome into a feel-good Friday. What can we do for you? Brandon, Brandon, you're okay. Uh, I've got a daughter who is uh, a nurse in a Kansas City hospital. She got waivers from the flu shots and the vaccine shots. From they the, do get, they can get waivers. Did she get them for the COVID vaccine too? Yes. Oh yes. Good. Oh yes. Good. So the, my understanding universally is that it was tougher to get the exemption on the COVID than it is for the uh, flu vaccine. Les, before we let you go, what are you grateful for today? What are you feeling good about on a feel good Friday? I love my wife. Glad she's there. Make keeping me in the straight and narrow. Amen. Uh, we appreciate you being uh, here. And sorry about that. Didn't mean to hang up on you, Patrick Mahomes. You know the thing I love about Patrick Mahomes. His uh, hair. Uh, you know, uh, Brad Tronago. Uh, wake up, Mid Missouri family <laughs> for a long time. Ultimate fanboy. Yeah. Uh, years ago. Patrick Mahomes, and I can't remember exactly how Mahomes got his start, Marsh. Did he, did he start a game where he just came in, started doing some mop-up work one season? I, I don't remember exactly the circumstances yeah. in, in which he came in. Well, he started right at the top, pretty much. So, it was uh, come in on a Monday, and I'm playing audio of this young quarterback, and I'm telling Brad, I'm like, Who's this quarterback with this frog voice? And Brad kind of looked at me, he's like, that's Patrick Mahomes, who was highly touted out of Wherever he went to Texas, Texas Tech, Texas Tech, and and I felt you're pulling a Stephanie. Yay, sports! Yeah. Sorry, uh, there's so many Texas schools: Texas A&M, Texas University of Texas, Texas Tech. And I and in retrospect, I feel bad that I ever mentioned anything about his voice because I had no idea on what was about to be unleashed on Chiefs Kingdom, of which I have been a lifelong fan for seven years now. <laughs> um. <laughs> marriage since the Rams moved to L.A. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, coming up, maybe some marriage advice. Patrick Mahomes said something the other day. He's talking about, obviously, the big story, his ankle. we got to be ready to go against the Bengals coming up on Sunday. He was responding to that and then said something. I'm like, oh, Patrick. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out uh, and uh, see where I'm at, but uh, it's feeling good so far. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Um, getting ready for AFC Championship weekend. Getting ready. Sporting Chiefs and Sporting Red. I like this one. I can kind of support two things at once. Not just the Chiefs. But we're also wearing red to support our deployed troops. We're remembering everyone deployed. And we mention that not to humble brag, but we mention it so that like maybe you want to wear red. Because it has been cool. Uh, as we've been out in the green room this morning, 
there's a good number of folks from some of our other fine radio stations around here that are starting to catch on and wearing the red that Hannah's been promoting for a long time and that we've been doing for a little bit. I'm not a... Uh... I'm not sporting the Chiefs today, but mine says future misses. I don't know if you guys knew I was getting married or anything. But <laughs> We saw the jean jacket. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? It's really neat. Patrick Mahomes. So I'm listening to this press. You feel good about the Chiefs coming up uh, on Sunday, Marsh? Yes. All right. I'm nervous about his Guardedly. ankle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope he's happy. It's Patrick Mahomes on the verge of Superman, but man. Uh, but I was a little, I was, as I'm watching this press conference uh, the other day, he said something that I was like, oh, how long has Patrick and Brittany been married? Two years, year and a half, something like that. Somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, yeah. 2020, I think, sounds about right. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes still talking about his uh, leg and his preps. Yeah, I was able to do some extra testing just to make sure everything was good, uh, not after the game, and then get a few things done uh, to help the treatment kind of start off. And then the next few days has just kind of been, I mean, all day thing where you're just doing either treatment or rehab or watching film. And uh, I, I, I had to take Brittany to a few places with me so I can be around the kids a little bit. But uh, it's a full day thing where you're trying to make sure that you're obviously prepared for the Bengals and the great football team uh, mentally and physically. Marsh, you hear anything wrong in that statement as a married man? He wasn't completely politically correct. No. Take Brittany to a few places. So here's here's the thing that just kind of caught my uh, a- a- attention. I had to drag the old ball and chain yes. with me. Yes. Watching film. And uh, I, I, I had to take Brittany to a few places. I, I, was just, I had to take Brittany. Patrick, no. That's not how you say that. You didn't have to. <laughs> you were delighted to. That's right. I had the opportunity to say t- I didn't have to spend time with the kid. I got to t- I got to spend some time with my family as somebody who's been married and divorced twice for a total of two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, don't say I have. Even you know that. Even I know that, man. <laughs> Holy cow! Um, we we got uh, we got we got trolled by some uh, some Bengals fans yesterday in a good w- in in the family uh, in the family way from some of our wake up mid Missouri uh, members. So we do appreciate that. Go Chiefs! Coming up eight thirty five this morning here on the show. Winners and losers of the week. I'm I'm going to nominate George Santos as a winner of the week. That would be a first. Well, he told the truth one time this week. That would also be a first. On the House floor, he was actually citing Ronald Reagan, which I thought was really cool. Hannah did, earlier this morning, Hannah did something called What's Hot with Hannah. Do it every morning, 725-ish. Kind of some other things happening in the the news. And uh, she was talking about just a dumb criminal today. And a lot of times we can go to Florida for stuff like uh, like that. There was a cool story out of Florida, incidentally, that I happened to see. It was this dude. And it reminded me uh, of, of kind of a bigger thought here. But he was, um, he was standing in line to buy lottery tickets from a, a machine in Florida. And he says, man, it's been a long day and everything. And I'm standing there. I just want to get some lottery tickets. And he said, somebody cut in front of him. You don't do that. I did cut in, some, in front of somebody in the line yesterday at that Callaway County Chamber banquet, by the way. But we, we asked. And it's not just, by the way, you shouldn't just ask the people you're going to cut in front of. I've learned you need to ask the several people behind them, too. Anyhow, so he he gets frustrated. He's like, hey, man, you cut. instead of saying anything, he's like, you know what? 
screw it. I'm just, I'm going to go into the counter and I'll buy some. I'll let bygones be bygones. And kind of frustrated because we get frustrated, I think, when there's those moments in life when we feel like we should stand up for ourselves and we don't. But it's trying to balance it out like, you know what? This is not worth it. So the guy goes into the store to the counter and then promptly buys a winning $1 million lottery ticket. And uh, what a cool story. 